the voice of reason, the voice of alarm, the voice of stats, the voice of scouts, the voice of Kool-Aid, the voice of dismay, the voice of Dave Well, for the second time this year, the Royals have now won four games in a row, and they'll try to make it five for the first time tomorrow night after KC uses a four-run eighth inning to break a 2-2 deadlock and hand Tampa a 6-2 loss. The Royals move up a full game on the entire division if you're into division things on May 30th. Now a game and a half lead over Cleveland and two over Chicago. As it's Dave O, glad you're along for another edition of your dish on Clubhouse Conversation. Where Casey used gutty starting pitching from Ian Kennedy. Might be the first time this year I've used that gutty term. Might have used that about five times last year for various Royal starters. But a true gutty performance. We'll talk about that from Kennedy. We'll talk about the great defense tonight. How about Chesler Cuthbert, Paulo Orlando making tremendous plays. And the Royals capitalize on Tampa Bay mistakes. Four of them, if you're counting along. There were three true errors uh, really possible. You could even say there were six errors by Tampa Bay. The three that were charged in the scorecard and uh, a couple of mental mistakes, a balk here and there. Tampa just handing out free bases to the Royals tonight, who obliged. And as we saw the Royals for so many years when they were the whipping boys of the American League, uh, they'd be in games and they'd give them away. Losing teams give games away. Winning teams, good teams, find a way to win. They don't beat themselves. And the Royals didn't. Tampa Bay did. We'll go over all that. We'll also preview the next two. But first, our player of the game tonight, Eric Hosmer, because home runs are sexy, man. And that one he hit to end the game in the eighth inning, a three-run shot to make it a four-run Royals lead. Allowed Ned Yost to give Wade Davis the night off. How hot was that? Haas, two for four with that as Hub would call it, hydration station home run. Three RBIs now. Haas OPSing 917. A shout-out, by the way, to Max from Royals Review. Him and I were sitting a few rows behind the Royals dugout and both went nuts on that Hosmer home run. Max had been calling a Haas blast and a Kendry's blast all night. Didn't see the Kendry's yet, but it's coming soon. Him and I both agree. Kendry's the one hitter in the Royals lineup that just had horrific luck. Yes, the stats are bad, and yes, he's having a bad year. And yes, he's been playing hurt for quite some time, it's come out in the last few days, the sprained finger, the last week, obviously, five days. He's having some bad luck. He did get on base twice tonight, did Kendry's. So the Royals now 28-22. and 22. How about a base hit from every single guy in the lineup except for Chesler Cuthbert? But he drove in the first run in the second inning for the Royals when Tampa Bay made two mistakes in a row. I mean, there, there were so many mistakes defensively for Tampa Bay. Let's start in that inning. Kendry's Morales already on base. Paulo Orlando hits what would have just been a single into left center. Kendrys Morales goes to third. He's going to make it pretty much guaranteed. And for some reason, Tampa Bay and their left fielder, Brandon Geyer, decided to throw the ball to third to try to get Morales, who they weren't going to get. That allowed Paulo right away to go to second. There's one out, or not one out, but one base Tampa gave away, which came in handy because the next ball would have been a double play ball. There's a routine ground ball with the infield in. Hit to Steve Pierce at second. Kendry's on the contact play. A dead duck at home plate, but Steve Pierce decides to just go for the easy out at first instead of the easier out at home plate. <laughs> what the hell was he thinking? Right there is just two right there. They just gave the Royals two free bases and a run in that inning. You go the three errors we already talked about. You know, Gerard Dyson scoring on the stolen base when Hank Conger, who can't throw out anybody, sails the ball into left field on that run. Horrible throw. 
Two box by Tampa Bay's Andrees, so I don't know what the heck he was thinking. The, the one, the, be, well, the best one was when Hosmer was standing on the base and he turns over and sees that and is like, oh, I'm not going to throw it. And then it's like, and then he's like, oh, is that a box? I'm like, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> I mean, you look at those, those plays right there. I mean, it's just a few examples. You got box, you got guys throwing the wrong bases, you got the infield in and not throwing home to get an easy out. You've got physical errors on top of that. Tampa Bay just played bad baseball. That's what the Royals did for so many years, and the Royals took advantage. Now, the Royals also compounded those mistakes and took advantage of them, as good teams do, with timely hitting. Big hits up and down the line, like we just talked about. How about Paulo Orlando? Another two-hit night for him. He's now OPSing 904. By the way, Hosmer well over 900 as well at 917. I love OPS, man. Love it. How about Whit Merrifield? A nice hit-and-run single after Escobar gets the bottom of the eighth going. Whit makes it a first and third with a nice base knock to right field there. Kendrys, like I said, on base twice, a hit and a walk. How about Drew Butera hitting a walk? Not a great night for the Royals on offense, realistically, until that eighth inning. The eighth inning kind of made up for the rest of the night. And, and how often do we say that in recent days and weeks? You know, it, it seems like it's always that one big inning for the Royals. You know, and some teams consider a big inning seven, eight runs. But the Royals, as good as the pitching and defense is, a three or four run inning is oftentimes, as you know, all they need on a given night. And after Tampa Bay basically gift wrapped the first couple of runs for the Royals, certainly one of them, the Royals... Offense came alive in that eighth inning. Good to see. So an okay night for the Royals' offense. I didn't think they were great, but I thought they were good. Not great. That's all it took, though, man, because Ian Kennedy was gutty. Six innings, no runs. The Royals had their own catching error on a stolen base, which led to the unearned run that Ian Kennedy gave up on the ground out. So overall, for Kennedy, six innings, six Ks. That's nice. Three hits, five walks. But it was a tight zone from Dale Scott. My goodness. And Max and I were talking, why is he allowed to wear a number five in this ballpark in a blue uniform? He's umpire number five. Really? You're going to let an umpire come into our park where the number five is retired and wearing kind of powder blue tonight? Come on, Dale. Not good, though, behind the plate for Dale Scott. He wanted to call him Dale Carter. But Dale, not, not the former Chiefs guy or the current 94.1 KFKF morning show host or Blue Springs councilman. Not, Dale, not that Dale Carter. This is Dale Scott, the umpire. But a nice night for Kennedy, nonetheless. I mean, I, first pitch of the game, Brandon Geyer pops out to left field. First pitch of the game, you're like, well, that's a good sign. Ends up being a 29-pitch first inning. Two walks by Kennedy, one of which certainly could have been called strike three by Mr. Postage Stamp, strike zone, Dale Scott. Anyway, Kennedy gets through six innings, 107 pitches. Did a nice job. Here we are, a little bit over the 25% mark for his season. A 3.03 ERA in the American League. A 3 ERA in the American League, a guy that's going to pitch hopefully around 200 innings. If he can even keep that in a 3-4 range, right? How great of a signing was that by Dayton Moore? And we thought there was no way he could opt out of that five-year contract after the two-year mark. You know, a year like this, this year and next year, it's a possibility. And that would be a great thing for all parties involved. We'll get everybody involved, more options with flexibility and where their future is. So, you know, hopefully Kennedy keeps pitching his tail off and makes that something to think about. Now, Joaquin Soria gets his eighth hold. Worth noting, his ERA down to 3.33. Don't look now, but yeah, 3.33, 1, 2, 3 with a K in the seventh. Jack looked really good. Once again, Ned Yost looking like a genius. I think it was the Brave series when Jack blew up and I said, 
you know, if, if you listen to these podcasts on Clubhouse Conversation, you know I'm consistently pro Soria. Had a rant going off in the fans for booing him early this year. He's a Hall of Famer, I think, in the future for the Royals, assuming he doesn't completely tarnish himself the next couple of years. And I was extremely patient, overly patient. Never. And I had a breaking point against the Braves where he screwed up. And then I said I would not put him in anymore from here on out for, for the time being, at least, any meaningful situations. Well, Ned does, and all of a sudden he pitches great again. Because Ned Yost, loyal to a fault, and why do any of us ever question him anymore? I mean, yes, occasionally there's some obvious you know, mismanagement of the pitching. Not so much anymore. I mean, case in point to Danny Duffy being allowed to pitch to Todd Frazier on Friday night's game after the Grand Slam to Milky after four straight hits. And then when Duffy was past his pitch limit, American League's home run leader against a lefty who matches lefties. So there are some times where he messes up, and all of us would. But I mean, the way he manages players and people, nobody can question Nebios. It's insane, and again, it continues to go on how you you know how how this Royals team can't be quantified by numbers, by metrics, especially on defense, especially with the bullpen, managing the same way, the culture he's created, the atmosphere, the loyal you know remember all those years he wouldn't pinch in for Alcides Escobar when the Royals were not going anywhere, but us fans selfishly wanted to play five hundred ball or over and, and win a few more games, you know stuck with Mike Mustakis. Alex Gordon. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And we'll forget about Chris Gatz. He did stick with him, too, but we love Gatsy, so. <laughs> but no, Ned Yost, for real, to be, to be serious, has been phenomenal. So there you go. Calvin Herrera, two hits and a run. What's going on here? But he does strike out two, 1.08 ERA, kind of a, I don't want to call it a wishy-washy run, because the Royals have plenty of runs like that as well. The runner's running from second, bouncing ball through the, uh, basically a hit and run that wasn't a hit and run that leads to the tying run on the eighth inning. Of course, the Royals come right back, doesn't matter. Chen Ming Wong, who a third of Royals Twitter once released as of two days ago, now has a 2.29 ERA, but yes, let's release him. 2.29 ERA for Wong, the whipping boy for some godforsaken reason. Couldn't tell you why. One, two, three, ninth with a K. 2.29 ERA for Wong. Just a nice night for the Royals. You saw the defense of Paul Orlando, Robin Hank Conger. What, he hit two balls to the fence tonight? Got nothing to show for it? Not his night with that throw on top of that. He's been bad all year. It'd be interesting to see if Tampa runs him out there the next couple of days. That catcher. Now, speaking of the next couple of days, Drew Smiley, Dylan G, the matchup for your Tuesday night. Smiley, 2-6, and six, a 3-9-2. G, 1-2, a 3-8-6. Drew Smiley comes off a loss to Jose Fernandez the other day in an afternoon game in Tampa, giving up five runs on six hits in six innings. It's been very good, though. His strikeout numbers have been impressive. Drew Smiley has turned into a legit 2-3 starter. Probably more of a 2-starter if he can keep this up. Turned into a very good starting pitcher. Royals saw him back in the day quite a bit, obviously, when he was an AL Central foe with the Detroit Tigers. Locane, two for eight. Eski, 235 and 17 at-bats. Haas, 263 and 19 at-bats. And Omar, one for eight with the home run. So, obviously, very limited success against Drew Smiley. It's probably not a great matchup for the Royals, but you know, it doesn't really matter at this point. The Royals find ways to win. They let the other team beat themselves, and the pitching's good enough, the defense is good enough, that they can beat anybody on any day. Dylan G comes off a very rough outing. Should be able to approach 90 to 100 pitches, although he didn't get to throw that many and extend himself last time. But I would think 90 to 95 is probably where he's at. This would be the last start where you cap G on pitches. After this start, he'd be good to go. Dylan G gives up five earned in his last outing against the Twins and four innings on 10 hits. Ugh. Only 16 combined at-bats against Dylan G. We'll just talk about the one player. Only one guy has more than four at-bats. That's seven at-bats. Corey Dickerson, sorry, six at-bats. Corey Dickerson, three for six with a home run against Dylan G. Finale, by the way, I, I, I would probably lean Tampa tomorrow. 
I like the Royals in the finale, though, on Wednesday. I think the Royals will win their sixth straight series. They'll get this series done. And that's all they got to do. Just split the next two. You got, you know, legitimate number... I mean, Archer was a number one coming into this year and probably still is. Legit number one. But you basically, you've got... Just kind of be, you know, kind of shooting the middle here. You've probably got two number two starters you're facing in the next two days. You've got Chris Archer coming up in the finale. Archer, 4-6-2 ERA. I suspect that's going to get in the threes by the end of the year. A guy who misses a lot of bats. One of the better strikeout ratios in the American League. Comes off eight innings, one run, seven Ks in his last start, does Chris Archer. Uh, Royals have had pretty good success, though. Low Kane, three for four with the home run. I mean, sample size here. It's one start. <laughs> one, three for four with the home run for Kane. So there you go. Uh, Gerard Dyson took him deep, man. Two for seven with the home run for, for Rod. Danny Duffy. Five and a third, perfect innings. We just talked about that. Then Ned left him in a hitter or two too long. Back-to-back home runs by Milky and Todd in that game. He comes into this one, and nobody more than seven ABs against Duffy in this lineup. A couple more guys, by the way, real quick here. Besides, uh, I mentioned Gerard Dyson, two for seven with the home run. Locaine, a home run, three for four off of Archer. How about Eski, seven for nine? Morales, 636 with a home run and 11 at-bats. So there you go. So I I don't know exactly where the Royals are going to do it. They'll, they'll find a way to split these next two games. Because that's what good teams do. And they'll split these next two games. Can't tell you which one will be which. I guess I would probably say the Royals lose tomorrow and win on Wednesday with a gun to my head. But I want that five in a row. Gosh darn it. That's coming up. We'll be back with you again tomorrow night on Clubhouse Conversation here in your dish. Also have a, a very prominent interview with the Royals minor leaguer that you all have heard of. We'll talk with him coming up on Wednesday early afternoon. Be looking for that as well as we talk to current Royals once a week during the season and former Royals once a week during the offseason on Clubhouse Conversation. Tell a friend. Follow us on Twitter at Royals Clubhouse. It's Clubhouse Conversation on Facebook. Facebook, uh, clubhouseconversation.com on the web. Subscribe on iTunes as well. Have a great night. Go Royals.